When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Hey, y'all. I am Randy, one half of the Black Millennial Marriage Podcast, and this is my indie episode. Welcome, all. Thank you for tuning in. Now, indie episodes are individual episodes Mikey and I record. It's a way for us to honor who we are as individuals and not just who we are as spouses. Episodes will drop for one of us with our thoughts about a random topic. Today is my turn, and for the first segment, I'm going to share a response to something I read and how it inspired me to realize that I am alive. Next, I'm going to answer some of your burning questions. Thank you for writing those in on Instagram. And finally, I'm going to close out. I've switched this episode up a bit, but as always, I hope you enjoy. In 2010, thought I was doing something. And now I'm rapping with a crew or something. I guess the track don't really stick unless he's blowing something. And I never fit the shoe until I do or something. Yo, bracing myself like teeth, boy, it's the same old route on some new concrete. But homie, these tunes make you get a new ID. I'm trying to do my thing, but the commute ain't cheap. I'm on a two-day week for all this rap these days. And we can still pitch the track to all the wacky J's. We're singing happy days, wearing tacky J's. And I'm just pumped that I made it out my nappy phase. Let's go. So what had happened was one of my closest girlfriends from college who has also been on the show, she was featured in the Black Is episode, uh, Shani. She sent a short story by the late poet and activist June Jordan in our group message. Well, it wasn't a short story. It was an essay and it made me sob. <laughs> now, I am a crier when it concerns powerful reads, but this piece really struck me and I haven't been struck by a piece like this, like, you know, when your nose starts to, to uh, starts to tingle and you can't stop crying. <laughs> you just can't stop no matter what happens. Yeah, that's it's been a while since something I read made me do that. And um, I have to talk about it. So for context, the essay is called Many Rivers to Cross. And it is a part of her book. Um, Some of us did not die. It's one of the essays that's featured in her book. And the the story or the her her essay starts off with her mom has committed suicide and it's not really a spoiler because that's literally the first sentence of the of the essay her mom has committed suicide and her father and her relationship the relationship between her and her father is very fraught it's not good it's very emotionally abusive it's just not a good relationship and it's further strained by the fact that her mom has killed herself and is dead but he can't tell like he wants June Jordan to like make sure and then go see for herself. And she's like, you can't tell if she's alive or dead. And so that's really important. And that's uh, the context. And so, yeah, I'm going to share the part of the essay that really just <sighs> broke my heart and uplifted me and all these things. And so, yeah, so it goes. I wanted to live my life so that people would know unmistakably that I am alive so that when I finally die, people will know the difference for sure between my living and my death. And I thought about the idea of my mother as a good woman, and I rejected that. 
because I don't see why it's a good thing when you give up or when you cooperate with those who hate you or when you polish and iron and mend and endlessly mollify for the sake of the people who love the way that you kill yourself day by day silently. And I think all of this is really about women and work. Certainly, this is all about me as a woman and my life work. I mean, I am not sure my mother's suicide was something extraordinary. Perhaps most women must deal with a similar inheritance, the legacy of a woman whose death you cannot possibly pinpoint because she died so many, many times. And because even before you became my mother, the life of that woman was taken. I say it was taken away. And really, it was to honor my mother that I did fight my father, that man who could not tell the living from the dead. And really, it is to honor Miss Hazel Griffin and my cousin Valerie and all the women I love, including myself, that I am working for the courage to admit the truth that Bertolt Breck has written. He says, it takes courage to say the good were defeated, not because they were good, but because they were weak. I cherish the mercy and the grace of women's work, but I know there is new work that we must undertake as well. That new work will make defeat detestable to us. That new women's work will mean we will not die trying to stand up, but we will live that way, standing up. I came too late to help my mother to her feet. By way of everlasting thanks to all of the women who have helped me to stay alive, I am working never to be late again. (sighs) Yeah, so I got to the last sentence and I was like sobbing. So (laughs) that was just, and I really do recommend the, I haven't read the book, but I have read that essay. And if it's anything like that essay, I'm going to read the book and I will. But anyway, um, so since I started back solo therapy and doing a lot of work on myself, I've come to learn why I shrink myself. And uh, my therapist is also making me confront the ways shrinking myself has served me in some ways. And it has. That's why I've continued to do it. But um, it's been difficult but rewarding work to get to the bottom of my stuff and to finally feel like I can be free of it. And then this story (laughs) happened and it found me. And I realized not only have I been shrinking myself, but I've been walking around here like a whole zombie and I hadn't even realized it like I I'd had realized it but I couldn't put words to it until I read this essay and I say that to say like the main way I've been like doing this shrinking myself and walking around here like a zombie is that I've been suffering just to suffer for instance um a few examples that I wrote down was I've accepted that I'm going to randomly get razor bumps or ingrown hairs when I shave under my arms instead of take like preventative measures to like nourishing my skin the same way I do my face and other parts of my body like I just kind of was like oh this is life this is this is what happens when you shave and after doing some research and really admitting that no this hurts I'm in pain and <laughs> you know and it's just it's not fun I realized that like many women and men people experience this when they shave and they have figured out a way to stop it um so that it doesn't happen as much or whatever stop it completely and there are answers out there and and I be, but because I wasn't like acknowledging that this was hurting me and that I was suffering and you know it, because I was minimizing it I I wasn't 
I hadn't opened myself up to any solutions. So that's one of the ways. Another way that I've been shrinking and neglecting, like walking around here like a zombie is I often neglect doing things for myself that I know would help me have better days and feel better in general. So this is never really intentional, right? I don't think this is the case for for many women um, and people who are caregivers or, you know, just just always thinking and, you know, executing but and it's definitely the case that you know for Mike and things but when it concerns me I know that I will work 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 and we talked about this in our last one of our episodes where he came for me (laughs) because I like was like working us and I didn't we didn't stop to eat and I was like by the end of the night I was literally crashing like I was so empty because I hadn't really drank any water I hadn't really ate anything at all and I was about to throw up <laughs> because that's how empty I was. And it's just not good. But I do this like I give and I give and I give to like my day, to the work, to the podcast, to my family without pouring in. And it's like the pot calling the kettle, kettle black, right? Because I get on mic about this all the time. But one of the ways or a few of the ways that I neglect myself is I don't drink enough water all the time, especially when I especially when I know how much water I need to be consuming to live my life properly. I'm not eating nearly enough vegetables, you know, yoga morning and night help me greatly. And there are days when I just don't do it because I don't have the time to pour into myself or I feel like, no, I should just get to work because if Drew wakes up, then like, that's it. You know, (laughs) that's, that's, that's it. And so I always end up just putting myself last and that's no way to live, right? It's absolutely no way to live. And I pay for that in a lot of ways. It shows up in intimacy with myself, with me and Mike. It shows up in ways and how I parent, you know, and Groot and Drew. Um, it just shows up in every way when I when when it's very clear that Randy is depleted. And so, yeah. And another, and another way that I have realized that I'm suffering to suffer is I avoid pain and discomfort even though to be alive is to take the good with the bad, you know, um, or the challenging to get the full experience of being alive. For example, I haven't gone out of my way to do something as simple as walk alone since 2012. <laughs> I haven't, I didn't realize that until this month because I started doing the Girl Trek walk, uh, the 21 day walk um, for October. And it was every day at noon and I was going you know I was going out and it was just me and Groot uh because I really insisted that I don't take Drew because Drew's endurance to keep walking (laughs) you end up carrying her halfway through you know I was like no I really just need to do this and and so that's what I've been doing Groot also needs to lose weight so I've been taking him because I know that the walks will at least be at least be 30 minutes and his vet has recommended that so I'm like I'm killing two birds with one stone and y'all at first the first few days, three, four days were really tough for me to be out um, because I realized I hadn't done this without my baby or without Mike or without us as a family ever, <laughs> not in this neighborhood and not on purpose um, since 2012. And I realized it was harassment at school. If you ever heard me talk about going to the College of Rooster, you will understand uh, harassment at school, being a black girl in Atlanta and growing up with niggas catcalling you when you like two and I remember actually walking with my sister when we were kids and us acting like we were a couple trying to get dudes to not talk to us like that is like 
is insanity. And the world has just essentially convinced me that I will be met with violence and discomfort every time I step out of the house. And I believe that. I really was, I really believe that. And so, so much so that I've been immobilized and, you know, in therapy and things, I realized that like my body, my ego, my fear wants to like protect me. It wants to preserve me. And, and I have been preserved, you know, right? Like I am surviving, but at some point we all have to realize that like just surviving isn't living, you know? And, but because I was, because like my body is trying to protect me, and preserve me, I convinced myself to play it real easy and only leave my house with Mikey or Drew, right? And that's just, that's just, that has changed. The Girl Trek walk has definitely helped me see, like, I keep making it home alive. (laughs) I keep making it home without, you know, somebody saying something crude or whatever. And I also realized that, like, you know, I... I I have to take like right the good with the bad. I've done this before. I went to school on my own. I went abroad on my own. I've had to be by myself. But again, like I said, I've been completely after a while, a while, at least for me, I know that stuff really wore me down. I got tired of like putting on this armor to leave the house and not just to protect myself from white people, but from black men too. And and so I just stayed in the house. And after being out this month, just me and grew walking, you know, for 30, 45 minutes, I realized that like, I, I'm not willing to do that anymore. You know, I'm not willing to give up moving my legs <laughs> um, just to keep somebody from talking crazy to me or, you know, whatever. And so it's been really eye opening these things. And so I've decided to stop. And before therapy and before this piece by June Jordan, I never thought making this decision was possible. I assumed stopping was supposed to be this long, drawn out process, but it's really not. And it's a decision and a choice that does not have to be overthought. And I overthink a lot, as I'm sure some of y'all have picked up in these episodes. And and my therapist is real quick to be like, Randy, it's not that deep. It's not that deep. This is all you got to do. Like, there's nothing more about this. And I think that for me, in a lot of ways, this concept of it not being that deep and I can just stop and make a better, like make a different decision, not even better, just do something different. For me, it's empowering and it's a little sad because one of the reasons I never attempted to take back control of my life in the ways that I've just been zombieing it out out here was because I assumed that getting it back would take as long as it took to give it away because this 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 concept of giving away to like oh my arms don't hurt like they do oh you know I can't keep working without eating or drinking water or oh I don't ever have to step outside alone again you know like that took a long that took a while for me to develop those habits in the way that they show up today When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. But actually getting them back, like giving, giving, 
getting back that power, taking control, it is actually not that it doesn't take as long and it's not the case. And so like June Jordan stated, I have decided that when I die, I want it to be obvious. I don't want there to be any confusion that Randy is long gone, you know? And so I've been, I've been truly inspired to, to live. Next segment, questions that need answers. So thank y'all again for reaching out with these questions. This question that I'm about to ask first is actually from an email. Someone reached out, it's actually really funny email, but she asked if I read erotica. She knows that I talk a lot about the books that I've read and that I share them online and things, but she never sees any sex books essentially. And <laughs> I thought it was so funny because she's right. I never talk about those books. Um, and it's not because... I don't read them or I haven't. It's because a lot of the books that I also really love and read that I talk about the most are do have some erotica spin on them. And, you know, lots of sex and <laughs> and it don't just have to be erotica. But mainly because I was thinking about this. I went through a whole erotica phase, y'all. I went through a whole erotica phase. And I think many, many people do. And I did the coldest one to ever and I tried to do midnight and I think a lot of us did and it just was not hitting. I did um, <laughs> this book called Honeywell and there's this book called Candy Liquor that I think is supposed to be like loosely about Suge Knight and his foolishness and just how evil he was. But there's like a love story spin on. It's crazy, but it was really good. Um, What's another book I've done? Eric Jerome Dickey. I've read a lot of his books. I think that's his name. Yep, that's him. Yeah. I, I read a lot of his books and one of my favorites is actually Sister Sister, though I don't think that that's considered erotica, but it is a good story. But I went through these. I went through that phase and read Light Wives, like a whole bunch of books. But the writing, <laughs> I think I think the I think one of the things I've, I haven't found a really good erotica book that has good writing. That's a good storyline. Now. I also haven't read any Zane, but that's because that was one of the books. That was one of the authors we were not allowed to read as kids. My mom did not censor what we read really as kids. We got to go to the library and go to the big kids section, go to the adult section and pick up whatever books you wanted. But we were not allowed to read Zane. And so, <laughs> and so that just kind of stuck with me, even though I'm grown and my mom was like, girl, what? You still ain't read a book? Like, no, because you threatened me. And so I never really got past that. But she did recommend some Zane, but the, I do read erotica. Um, but I just found that there are books, there are lots and lots of books out here that have great sex scenes and that will put you in a mood and teach you something new. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the genre erotica. And yeah, so I do read it. But if you have any recommendation, recommendations, anybody out there, please let me know and I'll try that out. But yeah, next question. Someone asked, and I think this was Ebony. Someone asked, what makes a day a good day for you? Ooh, so a good day for me includes yoga in the morning. Like me getting up early in the morning. I love getting up in the morning because it's just me by myself. Drew and Mikey cannot hang. They think they're morning people, but they are really not. But <laughs> I'm really a morning person. So I love getting up when it's still dark outside, when it's cold, you know, um, and everybody's asleep including group and I do some yoga and I, I have some cereal or something and some coffee and I can like do some work. Like I love it. I love 
I love when I can just get some work out of the way so that when everybody wakes up, I can engage in a way that's not like stressed out. Um, another thing that makes a day a good day for me is having time to read. So like I'll just steal some moments while Drew is like playing or something and Mike is working. I'll like open my book where no one needs me and get some reading done. Take a hot shower and do my whole shea butter oil thing. So one of the things I learned to do in college was I I, I used to make shea butter all the time because when you live in the middle of Ohio, you got to figure things out. But I get some shea butter and I put some of my favorite oil in my hand and I like I use and so that stretches the shea butter and then also adds like an extra like you know to the body you be all shiny and stuff and um I love it you know and I spend that time just moisturizing my whole body and really spending time with myself and uh, yeah being able to go to sleep Drew is falling asleep at like 10 11 and she's worn out and she's pooped and maybe we get and maybe we get to like do it it's just like great it's like this is a glorious day and yeah and going and before i go to bed having some tea some warm tea um me and mike drink some tea we we finish a show or something and brush our teeth and go to bed that's a good day for me something simple maybe my sister calls like we laugh about something stupid um i've talked to my girls all day my girls from college my mom friends and been a really interesting day yeah I just that that makes me happy so that's a good day for me when I can do when I can touch on and engage with all the people that I love and do something for myself essentially third question have I ever had a time oh the question is have you ever had a time when you weren't sexually attracted to your husband now my initial response to this was no I haven't actually had a time I was like oh Randy are you just saying no because that's what you should say because you're married to this dude that you've been with since she was 15. And there have definitely been times where I have been turned off by Mike. Like, don't fucking touch me. <laughs> don't fucking touch me. Stay over there. But in the midst of being turned off by him, I'm like, you could hit it. Just don't fucking touch me. And <laughs> you found, y'all can figure out, you know, you figure out how you're going to do that. But if you can't figure out how to hit it and don't touch me then don't fucking touch me. So I've definitely been really upset with him. And like, uh, like, like, dude, uh, I could just not say anything incriminating to, on the podcast. But, you know, when you're married, when you're in a relationship or in a friendship with anybody, they bound to piss you off and vice versa. So I've definitely been pissed by, pissed off by Mike. And I've definitely been turned off by something that he has done or said. Uh, but... He could also at the same time still hit it as long as he don't touch me. <laughs> Thank y'all for listening to this episode. Please let me know your thoughts and what you think. I think that's the same sentence. I just said it a different way. But <laughs> thank you for listening. For ad-free and edited episodes, as well as exclusive early and extra content, join us at patreon.com slash Marriage. The Black Millennial Marriage Podcast is in Domino Sounds Network. Submit questions or feedback for the next solo episode. Email us at blackmailmarriage@gmail.com or leave a voice message at 770-750-4098. That could be featured on a future episode. Let me know what you think about this episode again. And be sure to check out our website, www.blackmillennialmarriage.com and follow us on social media platforms. On Instagram, I am Randy, R-A-N-D, 
four eyes, I, 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 three E's, E, E, E. Mikey is Mikey underscore X, X, I. And on Twitter, we are at underscore the Chapmans. As always, y'all, be blessed, don't settle, and fight clean. Peace. About time that I get back, yo, I'ma get back, we can hold it down. Oh God, I'ma get back, yo, I'ma get back, and we can hold it yeah. down. Yeah, it's Peter, fourth year in the promised land, watch it, I promise.